0: This podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Lettering Quiz. Find out just how much you really know about letters by taking the quiz for free on martinafraud.com/quiz. Enjoy. Uno, dos, tres, latina. Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the creatives, illustrators, designers, and makers of tomorrow today. My name is Martina Flora. I'm a lettering artist, author, educator, and the host of the show. And today I will be sharing a special episode with you. In this show, I will not be the host, but I will be the guest. I know it may sound confusing, but as we lead to the end of the first season of this podcast, I thought I would share a conversation that was conducted by Dan Sederholm on his podcast called The Simple Bits. Dan Sederholm defines himself as a designer and accidental entrepreneur, and he invited me to talk about my creative business and other things on his show. We touch on a lot of different things like building a team and my challenges as a leader and how I managed to delegate things on other team members without losing my essence. I also spoke about how I got into the art and design world and my fascination for typography and letter forms. And I also gave insights on the work I do in my academy training and mentoring other creatives. So if you're curious about the person that has been running this podcast for the last couple of months, and you wonder why I do this, then this episode is going to be insightful to you. I want to thank Dan for letting me share this recording and check out his podcast too. It's called The Simple Beats and you will find it on your favorite podcast platform. I will also add, add a link to the show notes of this show. So without further ado, here's the interview. Enjoy.
1: I'm Dan Cederholm. And this is The Simple Bits Show.
2: You know, I totally get, because I've worked with a lot of artists, that when you create something it becomes like your little baby and you want to watch it grow and you want to nurture that and foster it. Um, and it's hard sometimes to, you know, release that into someone else's hands. And I totally get that. Um, because it's your vision and you know, you've got that like tight grip on that vision, but it's like that old saying, like it, it takes a village. If you want, if you really want to see some growth and, um, yeah. y- you know you have to have some, some sort of help in there sometimes even if it's just to edit you you gotta let go you gotta let go you be- gotta be like Elsa Elsa <laughs> or Olaf maybe in this case <laughs> yeah.
1: no it's totally true uh, and y- you do need to trust the people that you bring in around you and that was kind of what's really interesting about this conversation with Martina uh, because she she's our guest Martina floor um you know, she uh, not only expanded her business and, and brought other people on board so that she could do more, but she's using that platform to teach people how to do it themselves, too. That's which is amazing. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: It's all that we've talked about before, that uh, kind of paying it forward, giving it back, people helping people. Mm-hmm. It's only going to better you and what, what you're doing um, by bringing those people in um, because they're going to possibly open your eyes to different things as well.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's, I just, I'm so appreciative of people that, you know, have some success and then they're able to synthesize that and share it with everybody else and, and, uh, and help along the way. So Martina is just amazing and it's, it's a really, uh, really fun, fun chat we had.
2: Yeah. It's really great. Can't wait for everybody to listen to it.
1: Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Aeropress the better coffee press this thing's amazing if you haven't used one uh, it makes a superior cup of coffee it's portable it's amazing uh, invented by Alan Adler the same person that invented the Aerobee flying disc if you ever used one of those um, that that bright orange hoop thing that flies like three miles the thing is incredible and AeroPress is just as incredible Get one at aeropress.com. That's A-E-R-O-Press.com. Thanks very much to Aeropress for sponsoring this episode. And now let's talk to designer, letterer, entrepreneur, author, speaker, coach, just all-around super talent, Martina Floor. I started by asking Martina how she does everything that she does. Because from the outside, it looks like she accomplishes so much uh, under, you know, basically one person brand. And uh, and here's what she had to say.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to have this chat. And I find it so interesting that, you know, I, I get this feedback often that, like, how how come you do so many things? And how, yeah, how do you manage to do all these things? um. Well, for one, I have a team. I work with a team. I'm not alone. And um, a lot of the things I do are, you know, made with that team. And we yeah. have like different roles in in the studio. And um, I know that, you know, sometimes because the social media is on my name and my website and my company is my name, essentially, um, sometimes I need to remind others that it's not just me, it's me and uh, other people that are also involved in the project. And
1: ah, yeah, the secret so, is out then. Okay. I got Yeah,
0: you. the secret is out. But definitely, <laughs> I have <laughs> to say that it's interesting, because in the in the beginning, when I started, I was doing a lot of things at the same time. And now, as mm. I, you know, after 10 years of running the business, I feel that I'm, narrowing down or I'm just its kind of cleaning out things that are um, not necessarily things I want to do or I want to, you know, pursue or I feel yeah. that the first stage of my career was more about like trying different things and, you know, testing and being, you know, just give it a shot and see how that works for me. And now it's more about like, being more intentional with the things I do and kind of like focusing on a couple of things and not trying to do everything at the same time.
1: Yeah. That's great. So y- you're, you're delegating then you've got like a team there helping. Um, was that hard to, to move into? Cause I, I have the problem of, I have a control issues, I think where I have to do everything myself. And, uh, it's been a while since I've been on a team actually now. So it, it, it's, it's kind of the opposite problem, but w- Did you find that difficult to, to move into that, that more of a kind of a, is it more of a managerial role or you actually, or, or the opposite, or you're doing a lot of the creating and then leaving all the rest for, for other folks?
0: Well, I mean, it took me a while to realize that because I do, you know, when it comes to the lettering work, because I do work that is very personal and, you know, it's like, I'm essentially the author, um, it took me a while to realize that actually I wasn't. it wasn't necessary for me to put my hands on every single part of the process. So I had yeah. to figure out ways um, to kind of delegate things where I didn't need to be involved, uh, right? So yeah. there's parts of the process, of the creative process of creating lettering, for instance, or a font or whatever we do in the studio, that I'm not necessarily... Like, it's even better if I'm not involved. I've seen... You know, other people, other uh, members of my team doing that in a much more efficient way. And yeah. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that I could let go of that part and have someone doing it in a better, more efficient way. Um, and, you know, when it comes to, for instance, my teaching, I, you know, we also run like an online academy within the studio. Yeah. When it comes to yeah. the teaching, it was a lot about like, um, kind of passing over the way I do things, you know, the way I teach, for instance, passing over the processes I teach, but also passing over um, to to other instructors, like how do I want students to be treated? You know, how do I want the classroom to feel? Like how do I want this space to be? And, um, and as I you know, as I realized that I had a system and I had a concept and I had kind of procedures in place um, and I wrote them down and I, you know, figure out how those procedures were, it was easier for me to sort of delegate that and be in a way in control of that process and, and make sure that, you know, it was going to be made by someone else, but at the same time in, in a way that feels aligned with the way I do things. Yeah,
1: which is awesome. I mean, I imagine you—you you must trust the folks that you've hired, right? Um, it was that hard to find the, that team that you could trust and and say, "This is this is the vision I have, but you can execute it," kind of thing. So,
0: I think that the first touch point was to realize that there was someone, or to find people that are that you feel that are you know. Have the same way of doing things, or not the same way of doing things, but are aligned with your values. And you know, they have they share the same values, they share the same vision of the world. And also, you know, I had to do a lot of work in terms of engaging them in my vision. You know, I had to sort of step up and start telling what my vision was and because I've, I remember that in the beginning, it was more about like, okay, please do this and do that. And, um, you know, help me with this and help me with that. And it was more like about taking work out of my hands rather than a explaining what the vision is, where are we heading? And everyone kind of understands what, what they, where they stand add in this process and that they can also like initiate things and they can also make decisions in that process. So, I mean, oh my God, like leading a team, even when it's a small team, my team is super small, but it's really, it's really challenging in that sense in like understanding that you have to, it's not about managing people, but it's about more like inspiring them and, like sharing with them, engaging them in your vision because if hmm. if they don't share that vision and they don't believe in that vision, then they are not in your team, you know it's just just workers, just people that is just doing the job, and
1: yeah, like yeah. regardless of their their abilities right or you know their technical abilities or the way they work it's 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 probably more so their personality and their yeah.
0: Yeah like yeah. an attitude towards work and yeah. but th- yeah. th- there's a lot of, around systems as well i believe like i i read once a book a business book that really changed my mind around this uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's called the myth uh, and it's a very well known book like i think it's like one of these top books in business but what you know this this book um is essentially it essentially speaks about how to create a business that you can later turn into a franchise and analyze these different businesses that, mm. uh, like, I don't know, Starbucks or McDonald's or business, yeah. like big, big businesses, businesses that have scaled and have, you know, they have branches. And you, everywhere in the world where you go to these places, you have some sort of, you know, the same experience, right? So, and... Right. It speaks about systems and how to create procedures and how those procedures, even when you think that you cannot, no one can do it like you do it. um, You know, this book changed my mind in the sense of like, if I figure out the process in which I do it, someone else can do what I do. You know, like if I, if I can pass that process to someone else at least parts of that process can be done by someone else. And, um, I think that really changed my mind in terms of organizing my business so that I could have a team working with me because otherwise yeah. it's just, um, you know, you're just still doing the work and you're doing everything and you're just have
1: Yeah. You can only do so much in one person. Yes, right? exactly. Um, well, yeah. we're going to definitely link that book up in the show notes. Um, yeah. Cuz that that sounds like something I need to read as well. Uh was it how long were you were you doing it by yourself like a long time before before that or uh, Yeah. You know?
0: I mean I was doing it by myself like for 5 years. Yeah. Um, right, right. Yeah. So I would say that in 2015 so I would say that It started before the birth of my first child, which was like Mm -hmm. five, six years ago. And yeah, and that was really convenient because by the moment I had to, you know, take some time off because I was having a baby, I could also rely on some, on one team member at that time. Yeah.
1: To keep the business going. Oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's huge. That's a huge reason uh, and a huge benefit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I, I love that you, you, we, you touched on, um, on building a business cause that's, you know, one of the things that you're, you're doing now in one of your books actually talks about basically you're coaching people on how to turn your, your freelancing into a, into a business mm-hmm. and which is fantastic. I mean, I think like, you know, You've learned how to you've learned how to go from one person to to a small team and, and building and growing your business that way but you're you're also uh showing how other people you know showing other people how to do this as well um what what was the what was the motivation there um to to share that you know because you you don't have to right? you could just keep growing your business and <laughs> doing your own thing right <laughs> yeah
0: that's true i mean, I think you know i mean i mean i get a lot of happiness out of teaching and like helping yeah. others creatives and this is something that i came like i realized this or i verbalized this for the first time a couple of years ago it wasn't so present for me although i had been teaching and mentoring people in a way for many years um took me a while to actually realize, hey, like I get a lot of, I get a lot of things back out of this and, um, and kind of double down on this. Um, and you know, I've been teaching essentially, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been teaching lettering essentially, or people know me because I, I, I I always shared the technical part of lettering. Um, but you know, whenever I was running a workshop or a seminar, like there was a point where we would end up speaking about the business side and, and like, I would get so many questions around this, like for how to find clients and how to lead a process and how to, you know, do a client onboarding things like that had strictly to, to do with the business. And, and yeah. And, in, in fact in the first book that I wrote that it was more about lettering and creating you know the technical process yes. of creating lettering I included a part there that has you know the last chapter that's and called uh, about,
1: sorry, that's called the, the golden secrets of lettering right yes yeah, so yeah, gotcha. um
0: Good. yeah so in that book I included at the end a a chapter where I speak or I give an introduction on um around what it is or how it is to you know, to run a business, um, in lettering or how it is to work as a lettering artist. And, and after that book, you know, that book was a huge success and, and, um, you know, and I thought that a second step of that would be to, to kind of expand that last bit, because I thought that I also had developed a lot of tools in that time between I, you know, in the time that, uh, between the time I published that book. And now I felt that I had gone like a long way in my own business and I had learned a lot of things. And, um, and I thought that it was, you know, it was time to share that. And, and as I said, I get so, I feel that there's so much that I would have loved to know when I started my own business. And many of the things I share in both of my books, The Golden Secrets of Lettering and uh, um, The Big Leap, which is the second book about like the business side of running a creative business. And I feel that, you know, I I wish I have had those books when I started and I wish I would have had this guidance when I started. And this is why I kind of create this space also in my academy where I can uh, mentor students or coach professionals, um, not yeah. only to launch their creative business, but also like to to give it a shape. I feel that many freelancers go into freelancing. I did this, like I went into freelancing, like just like okay, let's just try to get some jobs here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: I feel, and I feel that when you are a little bit more intentional with what you do and how you position yourself and how you build your business, the more impact you can have and the more success you can have in that business. So this is what I do in, in my programs. I actually not only help them with launching their creative business or like adjusting their creative businesses if they're already running one, but also, yeah, giving it a shape, you know, like trying to to create something that, um, goes beyond just getting a job, um, yeah. as a freelancer. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's more about like creating a project that you feel proud of and that you can have, you know, you can leave a legacy with and that you can have an impact
1: with. So, yeah. It's so cool. Cause I, I, I I'm so impressed that you're able to share all that and, um, you know i think you, you you said something earlier that's interesting too like that sometimes people seem afraid to talk about these parts of, of running a business right or it's 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 secretive maybe like there's a secret sauce to to running a business, whether it be you know how to price things or um, how to how to manage a project and um and so i i'm so thankful for for folks like you that can and are able to share it, you know, the process. Because it is it is somewhat intimidating, especially for people starting out, you know, how, mm. to, how, to, how to get there. Um, yeah,
0: and there's so much. Just I want to add this, which is something I've seen also with my coaches that is like there's a little bit of shame around this. Like not mm-hmm. everyone who is starting a freelance business or, um, yeah, going freelance, not everyone is open to share that they have insecurities or they don't know how to do it. And that's totally fine. You know, like it's not, you know, you're not born a business person. You're not born with this. Like you can also learn it the same way that you learn a skill. You can also learn the business side of, Mm. of, of stuff, of running a freelance business. But first you need to start like outing, like kind of, Verbalizing that you actually need help, and yeah, yeah.
1: step one, (laughs) admitting yeah, absolutely (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I want to go back to like how you got started, because obviously, um, I don't, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you didn't start your career as 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 teaching and coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, you you're you're creating right, you're you're designer and letterer yourself. Um, how did how did that all begin for you? Um
0: yeah so um i I'm a graphic designer. I studied graphic design. Uh, I went to art school and I mean, I was lucky enough to choose a a um, like a career path that was turned out to be interesting. For me, because I decided to go to art school when I was seventeen, and you know, like things change. Yeah. You knew, <laughs> you, know, you knew so right,
1: the... right then uh, that you what you wanted to do. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so it's like at that time was a very intuitive, um, intuitive um, choice, and it turned out to be like a place where I felt I had a talent and I could really engage. Um, I was a very good student. Like I like to. Like, yeah, be in every class and stuff, and yeah. I was also like um teaching what I was studying, so I was an assistant in some of uh of the classes and stuff, so my teaching history started really early when I was twenty well,
1: I did yeah, right,
0: and right. yeah yeah, so and and then I started um I worked for many years as a graphic designer, and I kind of like very quickly um went up the ladder of uh, like graphic design. I became like a creative director when I was 23. And, and at some point I had, I had the feeling that, you know, that my work was more about administration than creation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So at some point I had like a little bit of a career crisis. I felt that I would, I would stop being a graphic designer. I would just, at some point, I would pivot um, um, careers, and I remember that at that time I thought, like, well, well, what what do I do? I just start over and I do something else, or I look at the things that I had done and see in which direction I could go or where I could like narrow down my focus. So this is where I decided to go study abroad. So and. And I went to Barcelona to do like a post grade in communication design. And that was really a tipping point in, in my career, I would say, because I, I just to illustrate this, I listened the other day to a podcast and, um, and you know, someone was mentioning that uh, Zen masters speak about the moment of awakening in the Zen <laughs> philosophy, yeah, sure. they they sure. describe it as like we live in a glass box where with with opaque glass, and awakening is you know the moment of awakening is when you poke a hole in that glass, yeah. and I feel that you know that you know going to Barcelona to study was for me kind of like poking. A, a hole in that glass I felt that hey there's a lot more out there that I wasn't seeing before I was working as a graphic designer but in a very small bubble and I wasn't aware of how much more I could do so and this like studying again was really like eye-opening for me uh it was like yeah I mean and, I feel and like where, yeah.
1: Martina where did you um grow up and and where were you traveling from Ah,
0: I was, for. sorry, I was I, I was yeah. born in Argentina, so I lived there okay, right, for, yeah. yeah, so I lived there for 27 years, and yep. yeah, this is and where... And oh,
1: you were going from Argentina to Barcelona. Wow, oh, yeah. that's, that's a big, obviously, not only a long distance, but like culturally probably very different too, I would, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, that was a big... Yeah as I said, like, it was a big eye-opening experience, like, and I thought, like, hey, I mean, you know, I I feel that I can do a lot of things, like, you know, a lot of things that I couldn't see before were in front of me, and um, also in, in the context of studying, I discovered that I also had, you know, I, I had really good ideas, and I felt that I was talented, like, I kind of, like, <laughs> I kind yeah. of gained confidence again with design. I thought right. like, hey, this confidence. is, I'm really good at this. And, and I continued studying after that experience, I went to The Hague and I, I engaged in a master course, uh, in type design. And this is where I decided to say, like, I decided to go in the direction of lettering. And after that experience, I moved to Berlin and I started my, um, my lettering studio um. Yeah. Wow. Of course, not everything is a straight line. But
1: yeah. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. There were some we're back and forth. thing. are smoothing it out here. For. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, also in the Hague, I felt that you know, I think that going to Barcelona was eye-opening in terms of like, hey, there's something else out there. And then when I moved to the Hague to study um, something very specific, like type design. It was for me like oh I can see, you know, this is the perfect marriage of all the skills that I have. Like I can yeah. draw and I love design and there's a system and everything like,
1: yeah, like comes graph, together graphic in graphic that. Design and type, right? Could kind of come together in one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I thought, like, hey, I I feel this could be something in which I could thrive. And yeah.
1: And you sure did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, t- I took that amazing. thread.
0: I took, the, I definitely yeah. that, took that line.
1: <laughs> I mean, because you've done some some amazing some amazing stuff with clients all over the place. And um, I got to ask Thank specifically you. about one. So there's something you did, because I just watched the show. My daughter and, and my, my partner, Melissa, and I have been watching this show. Um, Only Murders in the Building and it's like Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez and i i i think i did notice she had a tattoo like <laughs> near near like in a, in a, in an interesting place like near under her neck or something on either ear but then in my research with you according to this right you 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 did lettering for her is it is a cosmetic cosmetics business rare yeah and that's what her tattoo is and it's based on your lettering
0: yeah that's Isn't, incredible
1: i love the story here because this is that's i was like no way that's amazing like that's your lettering on her like that if, if someone gets a tattoo that's a pretty big deal like of your of your work so anyway be cool to hear the backstory there
0: yeah um we actually did a a font for that project right. so and the font was based in my handwriting so those those letters are <laughs> handwritten by me
1: <laughs> oh no way so it's all not only that it's your handwriting oh my gosh yeah yeah and it's so, called rare, rare script is the font, rare right? script
0: exactly so okay and, cool. and at the moment we were commissioned to do this project we we didn't know that it was for for her for selena gomez yeah. um cosmetic brand um so we found out later on and that was really exciting because she, I, I found out because i saw that she tattooed the typeface on her <laughs> neck and then i thought like i know those letters wow no <laughs> and, way yeah
1: that's, that's yeah and then I,
0: I i contacted the agency and i said like hey wait that the we the fund we did was for <laughs> this project so
1: so yeah, it's your handwriting on selena Gomez.
0: Exactly. It's like, well, I would say Amazing. it's my hand kind of like writing yeah. nicely. Uh, I would say my handwriting is a little bit more hectic, but
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. So we created a um, a custom font for them, and um, it was yeah. an interesting process because we had to sort of, you know, make it look natural and still yeah. make it work as a font. So.
1: And it's a script. So I, I've been getting into fonts lately, and one yeah, of the things hurt. that... One of the things that I, and I've got a long way to go, a lot, a lot to learn obviously, but, but, um, one of the things I'm always impressed about and and your fonts and your work, like script fonts or fonts where the glyphs work together in different, Mm. um, contexts and to create, you know, flowing scripty stuff. I mean, that's, I don't even know where to begin there. Um, was that difficult to, to learn that part of it? Um. You know, taking taking lettering that's like a standalone thing, and then making it a, a system that that's, that's a font.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that um, I have experience with that because uh, when you know when I went to study uh, in the Hague, I right. my thesis was a a script font. And oh,
1: really? Oh, wow! Yeah,
0: so I did a script font in different uh, weights and for really for small sizes and for big, it was a big family. So wow. I had, wow. I have a lot of experience in like, you know, combination of letters that work and that don't work. And, um, and I think that it was really useful that came all together in this project where we had to oh, I um, create or imitate handwriting and make it look natural and organic yeah. while you know while minimizing the number of glyphs which is like the characters in the font or the, yeah. the the actual letters um so yeah it's definitely a challenge because um you know handwriting is so variable as well right and and right. no letter is um exactly. is the same than the other so right. you know every letter starts to have very various, various alternates and then you have for an a you have like five glyphs and or Whoa. five different a's or five different b's right. and depending
1: yeah. on the context it's in in the word right i can't imagine exactly. that's like so, that multiplies it exponentially <laughs> the work involved
0: absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. but and you I, have to like yeah. it i mean
1: yeah. you have to love it right yeah. it's a labor of love uh, yeah, well, it, it so shows though, it, it it shows because you know there's a couple several fonts that you've made that are that are script script based and just super impressive the way they they come together. I heard um there, you, there's a video I think from your website about fonts and I I can't remember what series it's from, but I you explain kind of um and I completely agree with this and and kind of embrace it myself is that learning how to make fonts is not just about making fonts and selling them but it's this it's sort of it can add um another tool in your tool belt as a designer (laughs) um you know and i thought this really resonated with me i I wonder if you could elaborate on that a little bit or what, what you were saying in the video
0: yeah i mean i think that i think that personally i I was afraid of approaching type design as many designers out there. And I feel that um, there has been for a long time, there has been this idea behind creating fonts that uh, or around creating fonts that is very specific and very technical. And it's just a few people uh, can do it. And I think that it has that has held back many People from approaching that, from approaching the discipline itself, and I think this is this is changing because nowadays there's new software and you know there's new tools that al- allow you to play around with with uh, font creation, which makes it a lot more approachable. But there's still like a big, um, yeah, like a an idea behind like creating fonts, which I'm really um I wouldn't say against, but I'm really all for like opening this world to others. So um yeah. so I think that that approaching type design or approaching letter design in some way can even when you even if you don't continue doing fonts as uh, professionally or if you don't even include them into your services as as a designer, I think it can definitely educate your eye in such a profound way that it changes the way you see the creation of shapes of any kind. I think that there was, if anything, there was a a before and after um, of my perception around shapes. So there was a before and after I studied letter design um and now my perception around shapes and you know what a good shape looks like and what a you know what a good curve looks like and how to draw that shape nicely that Mm -hmm. is really something that i gained through studying the the letter forms and i think that any designer any illustrator can gain a lot of insights out of like creating um Letter forms, and I, I'm, I'm always for encouraging other designers and illustrators to step in this world because I think there's so much to gain there. Even when you don't, if you know, when you don't continue or you don't want to do type design professionally, I think there's so much to learn in this world. And I mean, I find it fascinating myself, and I definitely uh, went all the way into this world but even if you don't go all the way into lettering or type design you will get a lot out of it
1: oh i couldn't agree more that's so true um i've learned so much that right that that also applies to just shapes in general that's a great point um just learning how to use the 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 pen tool and, and 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 what what a little tiny little adjustment somewhere can can do wonders for for how it appears and Optical illusions and all all those kind of things that go into to ta- type. I think that's uh, so right on the money, and um, and that's I, I'm so glad to that that you are th- adding that to your your teaching repertoire. You know that it doesn't have to be intimidating, and 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 that's certainly been a a mission of mine lately too. Just getting into it and um, trying to say, hey, look, you don't have to you don't have to dive completely into it. You're right. You can, you can actually create fonts without knowing everything there is to know about creating fonts. I guess.
0: Absolutely. Right. And, and yeah, yeah it's, it's like, as you said, there's so many different levels in that, in that discipline, right? So yeah. you, yeah. you don't need to create a family of 50 fonts in all weights right. and, this, yeah so you can you can just also play or, or create more playful f- families or more playful fonts and uh, and even like you know uh, kind of expand that discipline because you're approaching it from another perspective
1: totally yeah and um i had uh, someone as i was getting started in font, font making designing letters, someone mentioned like, yeah, I think I mentioned like, well, I'm not, I I didn't go to school for, I'm so unqualified to, (laughs) to do this or to even talk about it. And, 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 and I, and they said, well, that's sometimes that's an advantage. Like you're coming at it from a, a different perspective that someone that's been studying it their whole life might overlook, you know? So I guess there is something to that too, where, um, not knowing everything may be a positive thing for, for you depending on where you're where you're at
0: yeah that's such a good yeah. point i agree yeah.
1: and and speaking of fonts like I, we got to talk about ampersands because i now this is audio only but i i can see in your studio there you've got mm-hmm. several in the back and and you make some amazing ampersands too and i think there's one giant one in your studio i know i've seen pictures of and oh yeah um and and i i also love ampersands and i have for a long time and i just wonder what are they what do they mean to you (laughs) like why why uh i'm curious to get your perspective on on why they're so so neat you know
0: yeah that's an interesting question i i also kind of reflected around this um yeah lately um and i think when i you know I, when I started there was a point when I started drawing ampersands like I was drawing ampersands in different styles and different shapes and it was it was for me a medium to try different styles because if you look at my work um I've you know there's I feel that is, there's something particular about my work that is you know it approaches approaches a lot of different styles I feel that um you know, that is not so much about my style, although perhaps my style or, you know, the the way I do things may shine through the things I do. But I always try to um, kind of tell stories with different um, letter shapes. And um, you know, through drawing a single ampersand, I could explore different styles um, hmm. or different lettering styles. I could kind of expand yeah. my stylistic palette, and um, and later on, this this ampersand became in the studio because at the same time I started drawing these ampersands. I brought my first team member, and then like yeah. now looking yeah. back, I feel that there's something there where you know as I was starting perhaps i it's me just attaching a minute a meaning to it but anyhow i feel that it was a very nice coincidence that when i started drawing these ampersands just for fun to explore new um new styles i brought the first team member in the studio and then from that on i, ha- I yeah i started growing like the the team and yeah now it's like we have Kind of an emblem in our suite. I, I, well, I have yeah. an, uh, a pin right now. I'm wearing it now. Oh, yeah, pin. you've got the
1: pin too. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So
0: I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah it kind of, it. it kind of present in a lot of things we do in, in terms of like a hey, collaboration. And we are not, it's not just, it's not just me, but someone else. And, you know, oh, uh, I also see.
1: For it's instance Martina the, and someone else, right? Okay. Yeah. Got you. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so if I have to find a, a, a symbolic um, meaning to that. I think it had a little bit to do with that, but also with you know using one single shape to explore different styles. Yeah,
1: different styles. I love that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's totally true. It's it's also really it's not an easy character in mm-hmm. in, in a in a, in a letter set, right? It's it's often difficult. So maybe it is a good one to practice on too.
0: Yeah, uh, it is a complex curves. one, right? Because the yeah. the a I don't know it's um, it's kind of a simple letter. I don't know if yeah. there's a simple and complex letter, but the yeah. the ampersand has so many shapes to it and. Um, yeah, as you said, like it has so many ways, there are so many ways of drawing an ampersand, but also it has, has a little bit of complexity as a shape itself, um, because it's actually the con- conjunction of the E-T and yes, right, right. so there's two letters kind of, um, um, yeah, simplified in one shape. In one,
1: yeah. 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 Like a ligature, I guess. Right? Like
0: a ligature. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The E-T. And I think we, are, I would forget that, and then and some are more obvious et ligatures than the curly swirly one that we that we know too. So it's just I don't know. I'm fascinated by
0: absolutely. Ampersand. You you've been studying. You've been studying.
1: I'm just, yeah, I've been, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm an amber fan. Oh God, that's terrible. Um.
0: <laughs> i love that term yeah. amperfan
1: fan. i think we're all fans. um <laughs> it's it's sort of symbolic to me too of just type in general sort of a, a love of, of of letters and shapes and uh, oh yeah yeah that's I, true I can, I can see that too but um so you've got so not only you're you've got a podcast you've got this coaching you're doing client work but you're also have written two books um the latest one. So the first one was about lettering, Golden Secrets of Lettering, and the latest one is called The Big Leap, right? And yeah. and that's about what we were talking about earlier with like helping people go from freelancing to a business, or or I guess starting a freelance business, essentially, right? Is that
0: kind of shaping a business the way, yeah, the way that represents a vision. I think yeah. I think that's that's the key point. I think that, um, yeah, perhaps as I, as I mentioned before, many of us start freelancing as a, because we are tired of working for someone else. I I heard the other day that an entrepreneur is someone that is not able to work for, for somebody else. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's accurate. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Definitely. So um, (laughs) I think that many of us go into freelancing because we just don't want to work for someone else or we are tired of doing things like someone else wants us to do them. Um, And, and yeah, we start our freelance business and then we suddenly like create a job for ourselves, but don't, we don't really think of like, you know, where are we heading with this project? Where, you know, what, what is the impact I want to call, like I want to create, what is the legacy I want to leave? And, you know, what, what does this project says about me? And I think that's perhaps what the book is all about. I I think that this is something I figure out throughout time. Um, and, yeah and I wish someone would have told me like from the beginning hey why don't you sit down and try to give this a shape because you will have much more fun you will kind of be laser focused on one thing um and you won't be struggling with like this yeah like different you know different clients that you don't like or yeah doing different things that you don't enjoy so um so I felt that it you know, it was a good way of like paving the road for other upcoming freelancers and, um yeah, solo so cool. entrepreneurs. Yeah,
1: it's so cool. And it, what's cool too is, in, and correct me if I'm wrong, the the coaching aspect. So I'm, uh, from your website, you know, you offer more in depth than the book, really, but like an actual program where you go through mm-hmm. weeks, right? Of 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 coaching a a small is it is it the kind of thing where it's a small group of people that kind of do it with you over a certain amount of time and then you kind of start over with with a new group or how does that work exactly
0: Exactly that way like i i do that it's interesting because in my you know i run this online academy and in my academy i use the same concept that i use with or I, I, pursued with my books. So I have the technical part of lettering and then I have the business side of yeah. things. Yep. So I have like a, a course, which is called like the lettering seminar, which is also a course about learning how to do lettering. And mm-hmm. I kind of guide the students throughout six months. Um, and, In the coaching program, I do the same, but with their businesses. So we go into, um, we create this small community where, um, I guide them or I, you know, I go with them throughout the process of either launching their business or reshaping their business. And it's a very intense process. Like we get together every two weeks and there's also like pre-recorded lessons and there's a community and there's a retreat. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, at the end there, we are all best buddies, you know, like at wow. the end of those four months, there's so much that has been done and has been yeah. shared that, uh, yeah, you feel that. Oh,
1: That's fantastic. So it's, is it in person then?
0: It's actually online. We do it all online, oh, online. Okay. and gotcha. uh, we even do the retreat. Yes, all okay, on it. wow um,
1: wow. I, I this is fascinating. I mean I just want to take all the classes and read all the things. I I got to I, <laughs> like I got to sign <laughs> up for the you're more welcome, so, definitely. So w- <laughs> I would love so, to have you. Yeah, what so um like how do people where where do people find you where, where's the best place to go to like to 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 find out about the these the classes and the books and all that?
0: Yeah, I think the best place is uh, my website, martinaflor.com. There you can find everything about yeah. um, the work I do with teaching and the work I do with clients. Um, but also on my Instagram account, I also share a lot of stuff that have to do with, you know, the way I think about... Um, freelancing and also the way I think about lettering and, you know, my work, there's a little bit of of a mix. I feel that in the, whereas in the first part of my career I was sharing, I was focusing more around lettering and like people will identify me more with lettering. I feel that now, you know, through the podcast, through the content I put out there, I'm more showing this other side of me, which has to do with, yeah, like thoughts that I have that are outside letter forms
1: <laughs> I just there's so much I we could go on about any one of those things for like hours I feel like um, but I I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing a little bit of that and and, um, and I just you know thank you too for like sharing your knowledge and I just I so appreciate that because I know it, it helps a lot of people get started and it helps a lot of people further their careers and yeah you know, so thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me at the show. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm looking forward to have you in one of my classes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I wanna do it, honestly. I have so much to learn. And uh yeah, we'll see you there then. <laughs> Thanks thank again you. Martina. Thank you then. You've been listening to The Simple Bit Show. I'm your host, Dan Cederholm. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Martina Floor for being our guest. Thanks to our operations director, Melissa Allegrini. And also thanks to our sponsor, Aeropress, Aeropress aeropress.com. Please rate and or review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you on the next episode.
0: So this is it. I hope you enjoyed that show and that you got a little bit a better idea of who I am and what are my motivations behind doing this podcast. So you can find me, the host of this show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast where you can see previous episodes find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, listen to all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. If you love this episode, subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode of Letter Now. Bye-bye.